to the Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown. Because this week's episode starts in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. Jenna is currently gallivanting through Paris, so it's just me today with our superstar guest, Chrissy Helmer, and we are going to be deep diving into the very pertinent topic of SB276, Fighting for Personal Sovereignty. Now, whether you're a parent here in the US and this bill directly affects you or not, this episode will inspire you to understand your innate rights to freedom and how to execute them towards the most empowered life ever. Hi, Chrissy. Welcome. Hey, hey. I'm so thankful and honored to be here today. It is going to be a blast. I, I'm already feeling the tingles throughout. So thank yes. you so much for being on with us today. I know you are just an insane wealth of wisdom and information and I just can't wait to pick your brain on this one. Yes, I'm ready to go deep and high and wide because this is a whole nother dimension, this very topic. It is. Get get ready for blast off. <laughs> so I'm going to give our audience a little background on you just so they know exactly who I'm speaking with today. So Chrissy is a wife and a mom of three. I love that that is the first line on your bio because it's probably the most important. <laughs> yep. Chrissy is an owner of a holistic boutique, a health educator, author of Healing Through Wisdom, which I'm reading right now and I'm obsessed. <laughs> next, she is the next level podcast host, communicator, and champion of others' dreams. Chrissy brings passion, activation, authenticity, and transparency to everything she does. As a voice of motivation, truth, and inspiration, she is able to take many from dreaming to doing. You will find Chrissy is real, relevant, approachable, and lives what she speaks. And I can testify to all of that. You are incredible, Chrissy. We're so, so lucky to have you on today. Mm, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. And I always kick off our episodes with a definition of our topic, just so our audience are also super clear on what we're going to be focusing in on today. So definition of SB276, fighting for personal sovereignty. This is my stab at a definition. Usually Jenna does them and she kills it. She's an absolute poet, but today you're just going to have to put up with mine. So <laughs> SB276 is a bill that will eliminate exemptions for vaccines. The proposed law would require doctors to submit medical exemption requests to the California Department of Public Health, which would have to approve them. The doctors would have to certify they examined the patient and they would have to include in their request their own name, the doctor's own name, their medical license number, and the reason for the exemption. The public health department would, would be required to keep a database of the exemptions and it would have the authority to revoke exemptions if they're later found to be fraudulent. Now, personal sovereignty would imply that intrinsic authority and power of an individual to determine his or her direction and destiny. 
if that sounds suspiciously like free will, it's because personal sovereignty and free will are the same things. So within our topic today, we're talking about a bill in California that, in my opinion, is rubbing up against our right for personal sovereignty. And obviously, it's way more complicated than that, um, with a lot of interesting agendas, if you will, and and everything else. Um, But I think this is a very, very important topic, whether you're just following the train of this bill or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Well, do you have anything to add to that definition, Chrissy? Because I know that you are an expert on this topic. Yeah, I actually want to bring up something that I've brought up in every lobbying meeting that I've been in and meeting with leaders behind closed doors and conversations that is not being publicly said about this bill. So you read the key text to this bill, which is, okay, now if you have a medical exemption or you want a medical exemption, it's now going to go through the state. And these public health officials are not doctors, nurses, you know, whatever, whatever. We can get into that. And they're now going to have your child's information, your child's doctor's information with no credentials, um, to do that. So obviously, for most people, that would be the first issue off of the bat about this bill is like, we need to trust doctors. And two, it's a major breach of HIPAA, personal information that these public officials that are not trained professional doctors or anything in the medical field would be the ones to approve or disapprove that. So that in itself, we could dive into, and it's an injustice and all of those things. But here's the other part of the bill that's actually worse than that. And that is that they are changing the definition and the requirements in this bill of who can even get a medical exemption going forward. So that's the sneaky part of the bill that's far worse than the front end of the bill. So before, if you had seizures, if you have a peanut allergy because there's peanut oil in vaccines, if you have a metal allergy, if you were to have um, third degree burns from head to toe from the vaccines, I mean, I could go through a list of 150 symptoms, autism, autoimmune, cancer, um, a depleted immune system, uh, epilepsy, on and on and on, all of these things that they say you shouldn't get a vaccine because you're either allergic, you had a reaction, or because you have such a low compromised immune system, or you have seizures, they're now saying those no longer qualify. <gasps> How do they have the right to do that? They're, as you said, they're not supposedly in the medical system. Correct. And so that's the worst part of this bill. And every leader that I've met with when I brought that up is like, yes, we have an issue with this. Number one, California doesn't even have the money to pay for this. This is going to cost $50 million off the bat through schools, through hiring a division of public health that they don't have in place, you know, on and on and on. It's just a bad bill because of those things. But the flip side is, you know, PAN is not telling and is not forthcoming with this information saying, and we're actually going to take away medical exemptions in this bill. The only reason going forward that you could get a medical exemption is is death. That's it. How, I mean, that is It is insanity. It is. It is. How, how do you think, so they're basically saying that, because I heard that 
unless your child has a vaccine reaction, they then get looked at to possibly get a medical exemption. No. But there is no. no medical exemption if you pre before the the vaccine injury come to them and say, "Listen, my kid's got Correct. autoimmune disorder. We're allergic to peanuts." Nope, no X, longer y, Z. with this bill. Wow. That doesn't matter. My child has. Um, you know, autoimmune, very low immune system, they're covered in eczema, psoriasis, you know, we can't even use these certain products, we can't do wheat, we have an extreme wheat allergy. Um, my child was hospitalized for a week because a wheat straw touched their lips. Nope, no longer can you use that as an exemption. So what are you meant to do in this situation where you as a mother, you know your bioindividuality of your child, you know what they're allergic to and how this is going to affect them. You've done your research and at the same time, you need to get them into school and you can't deny them their education. So how do you go about knowing that if you were to succumb to mm -hmm. this bullying, mm -hmm. if you ask me, and to put these vaccinations in them, knowing that it's going to affect them just to be able to then get the medical exemption at the cost of your mm -hmm. child's health, what is the solution? What's the alternative mm, that you this have? This is such a tricky one because I think as an optimist, I think it's not going to happen. So I can't even put myself into the future because that's how we create anxiety is by living in the past or the future. And so I need to be present now, which is to fight, which is to speak truth, which is to help families, you know, like Vax2, the documentary is coming out soon. How can I get behind that? You know, what, what can I do that's proactive? But I guess if we look ahead and said, okay, if that were to happen, what are our options? Which also, by the way, if you have a gene mutation, MTFHR, COMPT, your liver can't methylate toxins like everybody else, you also no longer qualify. So um, it's just insane how they changed it and they snuck that in there to then say basically no one's going to qualify for it anymore. Um, and they're not speaking the truth about that, but it's in the bill. So now what are our options? Of course, homeschool is always an option. So that's, you know, number one. Um, Number two, if your child is on an IEP, which typically children with learning disabilities, autism, um, those types of things typically have an IEP, but this bill has not been clear on if they will qualify with IEP. So that's an unknown. Um, obviously, people are fleeing California left and right because of SB 277, which is the bill that came before this. And so that would be another option. Another option is lawsuits. Initially, um, in our free country, you could have a personal exemption, which would be, you know, my child has autoimmune, my, we have a peanut allergy, no big deal, we just have a personal exemption, or religious. So for example, um, Muslims, Jews, Christians, um, typically they would um, have a religious exemption because there is aborted fetal tissue in vaccines. And so that would be number one or number two, certain things are not kosher. And so among the Muslim, Jewish, Catholic, Christian, there's several other religions in there, um, they were able to have a religious exemption. And so SB 277 completely eliminated any personal belief on any religious belief for you to no longer vaccinate. Wow, they're warming yeah, exactly. us up to SB yeah. And actually, SB 276, clearly. we have found they started writing that at the same time. So they had already had this planned. And so Senator Pan is the author on both of those bills. Here's the scariest thing. He's the chair of the health committee. And he's 
harming people uh-huh. that have autism and autoimmune and cancer. And it's just pretty uh, mind blowing. So, um, but like many people, unfortunately, that um, are not operating from their truest, highest self, he is taking money from big farm. And so that's no surprise, right? Um, why he would be writing these types of bills. He doesn't even live in his jurisdiction, yet he's still able to um, be the chair on the health committee. So he wrote that bill and the co-author of SB 277 said, I will only co-author this bill if we make sure that it's easy for people to get medical exemptions based on family history, based on allergies, based on immunity. And we have video after video of Senator Pan stating, oh, absolutely, anybody can get an exemption if they need one. No problem. We will not regulate that. We have no problem with that. If their sibling had seizures from vaccines, that this other sibling should not be vaccinated. And so, you know, he promises to the people that voted to for SB 277, um, I give you my word, medical exemptions, no doctor would be in fear of writing an exemption. Anybody can get an exemption easily, no problem. And so (laughs) people thought, okay, no problem. Well, now this bill comes around and his co-author opposes it and says, this goes against what we said with SB 277, and I will have nothing to do with this bill. Sounds very similar to a certain someone else who's um, in a position of power, aka our president, where you say what you need to say to get the votes in the first place. But then when it comes down to having integrity around your word, yeah, I never it gets said really that. tricky. You know, you that. have to follow, I think, be in those meetings, follow the trail, because sometimes things are taken out of context. You'll get one clip of something, you know, versus the whole story. So, you know, obviously, integrity is a big one. But you know, we have all of this video of him. And I was at many of those hearings. And even doctors told him that, you know, well, we're afraid to write exemptions, because we've been threatened that if we write an exemption, we're going to, you know, be in trouble or something. And so that was a big argument of SB 277. And now that's circling back and it's being talked about, like, why do you even need this bill? You took care of everything you wanted to take care of with SB 276. And so it doesn't make sense. And why are you going back on your word? And now you're saying, and they've already investigated 60 medical doctors that have written legit exemptions. And the medical board has found no fault at any 60 of those doctors. But they have this witch hunt now where they're going after doctors that are giving exemptions and threatening them or threatening their license, um, trying to sue them, trying to close down their practices. So it's just pretty corrupt on multiple levels. This is so much bigger than this bill and then California. There is a global agenda. There is a one world order agenda to poison, dumb down, numb out our society, our future generation, whether that's with food, whether that's with weather manipulation, whether that's with um, you know, certain things in the vaccines that people cannot tolerate or they're allergic to or with control or the list goes on and on and on. And so, yeah, I think that there's rumor of them coming after homeschool. There's also rumor of them 
saying it's going to be for adults. There's also rumor of them saying, you know, so it's who knows. I mm-hmm. think that I there that. are certain people that would want to take this as far as possible. It's a pretty smart business plan. If you ask me to be able to have enough mm-hmm. money and power to buy the law for big pharma to be able to buy the law out and say that it's against the law not to buy our product. That is the quickest way to being the biggest superpower of the world. Oh, I mean, oh, for sure, for, for sure. Yeah. Clearly, people talk about you know follow the money train, and that's where you'll get all the answers. So, as someone who's clearly done a lot of research on this topic and who's very passionate about it, and who have, I, I assume there's a lot of information out there on the internet, and a lot of people's suspicions and speculations come from there being so much information and a lot of that not being correct. How do you sift through all of that information and find what's relevant and true? And I know you said you go to hearings and you're up in those rooms listening to those conversations but where the legislations are being made and in the political places. How do you find the correct information to know what is really going on and what do you think the true agenda to this whole push on this bill? Number one, it's yes, we do know that there is an agenda that is money driven, of course, power driven, control driven, I think fear driven, misinformation given. Even for example, if I can go there, you know, the, the topic of measles, you know, measles is a, was a normal childhood thing. It's not a disease, it's a virus. And, and the media is pushing this propaganda fear to make people afraid of measles that is a cold with a rash and maybe a fever. It's, it's less intense than chicken poxes. It's a virus. And yet the media is permitted to say it's deadly. It's a disease. You know, all of these things, you should fear it. And that's just not even the truth. We, people get viruses all the time. It's very similar to hand, foot, mouth. It's, it's nothing to fear. Nobody wants their children sick, but this is something that is not a disease. And so that's a perfect example of the propaganda and the fear push and the misinformation push out there. That's just one very simple example. The other thing is we have somebody that has a model that says we want a customer from the cradle to the grave, and we're not going to have any liability for it. They could die from our product. They could have a reaction from our product, and there's no liability. And number two, we don't have to pay any advertising because it's mandated. Everybody has to use our product. Like you said, it's law to use our product. And so now they have to not, they don't have to pay marketing. And now it's automatically, you get it when you're born in the hospital you get it at your well visit checks, you know, so on and so forth. And the same with medications, the same with all kinds of things within the medical industry. So of course, that's money and power. At the same time, I do think there's something a little bit deeper, because I do believe that we are fighting for the consciousness of humanity. I believe that we are fighting for people's highest self and highest good because people that are full of love and consciousness and freedom and innovation and creativity are going to make better cities, better businesses, better art, better families. And I think that there is a war against goodness. This is really a play out of spiritual warfare and that it's manifesting as these kind of powers that are bullying us and trying to siphon the light, the love, the power, the creativity, all those things that are innate to our expression as humans. And 
we we this is like highlighting the fact that we need to actually continue to push on through and be the light and the love in order to fight for our right fear is our nemesis right fear yes you can learn from fear you can transmute fear but when people are afraid they don't make the best decisions you know it's even scientifically proven they have scanned brains of people that when you're afraid your decision making process is inhibited that's why even in scary movies it's always like oh my gosh the door's right there just walk out the door or do the the smart thing but people cannot because fear is paralyzing and so i think if we can get people afraid afraid of government afraid of the law afraid of this agenda afraid of these things afraid of what might happen then people are operating at such a low level of unity and love and power, then they're not going to be transforming things for a higher good. And that's where I think the battle comes in is that there's this, I don't know, system that is like, we just need robots. We just need yes people. We just need people to go to their nine to five, go to their common core school, do the thing, work the industry and never question anything and we'll be fine. We need people at a low level of consciousness because the awakened people ask questions. The conscious people, the people that are not in fear are pushing back. And I think that there's a bigger agenda. I don't know who posted it today. Somebody within Children Health Network, I think that said, you know, do we really think because pharma can increase their sales by, you know, 1% to push X more vaccines, but let's really think of it. We, I think they're really just after a generation. I think they may just be after a collective of people that want to bring goodness and light and exposure and justice to these very corrupt things. Mm, oh my gosh. And for anyone out there listening who is buying into the fear tactics and being like, oh my gosh, how are we ever going to fight these big, this big boy club that really are dominating with power and money and greed and have a serious business plan they're executing at the risk of our health. I just want to say to you, if you believe in this concept of spiritual warfare, which Chrissy and I are discussing, trust that the darkness is is very tangible right now. The light side is a bit more ambiguous and a little more untangible, but trust that the nature of life is duality. And as the darkness is climbing, mm-hmm. trying to get to that seat of power and domination. So is the life. People are getting a file it under their belly and in their hearts and are finding their voice more so than ever before are willing to challenge the systems and break them down. So I have hope that this is an opportunity for a massive breakthrough to a new level. Chrissy, what do you think, what would you say to people out there who, you know, truly believe that what is going on is for our own goodness. If that vaccines are created to protect our children Mm -hmm. and they wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. are doing it, obviously no parent would harm their child consciously. So there's Mm -hmm. clearly a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of people believing and truly seeing the goodness in this that there is no separation or judgment from me. If you even like own the vaccine company, if you love vaccines, if you love Monsanto, you know, all of that, no judgment, only observation in my own personal story. Um, I do not feel it's me against you or us against them um, because I'm fighting for you, even though you're not in the battle. 
I'm fighting for you and your family and your future, even if you can't see that yet. And so no judgment. And, um, you know, I just want to extend love and light and grace to where everybody is in their journey right now. And I know that this can offend some and it can make us feel betrayed, like we've trusted and, and how could this be? And if this really was so true, then, then how aren't they, you know, high facing consequences yet? I get it because I was there 16 years ago. And so unfortunately, sometimes we have to have our own personal journey that brings us into awakening, that brings us into question. And sometimes people haven't um, had that experience yet. And as a mother, as I sat with my son in, in the hospital um, at six weeks old from his vaccine reaction, you know, all I said to myself is, I would never even wish this on my enemy, where you don't know if your child is going to make it or not. And so I just know there's so many mothers from their own personal experience that you never want to be in that situation as a mother. So with that being said, I think that um, it's easier to trust a system at times than to do the research, especially now because there's so much out there and it would take so much time and so much effort. And, you know, we're all just so caught up in our own ecosystem that some people are just saying, I don't have margin for that. I'm just going to believe what this says. I'm going to believe the commercial, the media, what my doctor's telling me, because that is easier. And that's what we've done for years. And that may be working for you now. But I would say for people to at least do the research, at least watch some documentaries, at least read some books, at least open up your heart. You know, we spend all this time and money on a baby shower and on a nursery and on a, on a wedding and on a vacation. I just plead if you only gave 50% of the effort into those things, into your own advocacy, what are you eating? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What is in your home? What is in your food? And even knowing your body, knowing your children's body? Do you have gene mutations? Do you have allergies? Do you have deficiencies? You know, those things that is called being empowered, being educated, being elevated. And so that you can make the proper decisions. It's really hard to fight for those things. If you don't even know some of the facts, or you don't even know your own health, you don't have health history, you don't even know if you have an allergy or autoimmune or whatever that looks like. So I would say being your own health advocate, knowing your bodies, knowing your what's going on, so that you could do more research. And, and I get that thought, I, I truly do the same with food and GMOs. Some people say the same thing, like, but GMOs have been, you know, the, the greatest thing, you know, for our earth and for America to have more food. And, you know, there's the argument on both sides, I would just say, keep an open heart and do the research, get around people that have maybe been on the journey longer than you, watch some documentaries, ask some questions. And I always say, you know, I've been a doula for 15 years. And one of our little terms we use when a mother is facing a decision in a hospital, you know, the doctor says he wants to break the water, or he wants to do this or wants to do that. We always say, okay, you need to ask a few questions here. What are the benefits? What are the risks? <laughs> what are my alternatives? Do I have time, <laughs> you know, and what is my intuition? And so I think it's the same thing. It's, it spells brain. Use your brain. What are the benefits? What are the risks? What is my intuition? What are the alternatives? And, and can I have some, you know, some more time? I need more time. And so you don't have to rush into anything, be it 
starting your baby on solids or, you know, making where you're going to deliver that decision right away. I've had women switch birthplaces at 36 weeks, you know, or if you are or aren't going to vaccinate. And obviously everybody's health and family health and genetics and epigenetics, all of those things are going to be very different for everyone. It's very individual. And that is why we should be able to make very individual decisions. It's really an investigation into your own inner world, as you said. And there are so many veils we have to lift up, the programming of food and what's healthy for everyone and and society systems that is good for everyone and education systems and X, Y, Z. So I think that the, a really, really powerful point is to try find that path to strengthen the voice of one's intuition and using that as a compass to start to unwind all of the programs that we may have inherited or are just blindly trusting and work out is that resonant and true for me and my children because one size does not fit all people who aren't aware Mm. and haven't done as much research as you have can you tell us exactly the ingredients in vaccines that could be harmful to someone who has a sensitive child. So that is the first and foremost is knowing yourself and and knowing all of that, because that's going to be so different, the epigenetics, you know, all of that type of stuff. So there's a couple things that might kind of blow people's minds. And I know that this is uh, sensitive, um, but regardless of your belief on this very heated topic right now, Um, we should not be injecting another person's DNA into our body because those little cells go into microcells and then they attach to our cells. And we don't know the health. We don't know the history. We don't know what's going on. Um, There's just a lot of things there. Now, if you're vegan, you should be completely outraged because they do use um, animal blood in vaccines. And that just it's, it kind of blows my mind, to be honest, um, that there is such things. So um, there is, you know, kidney cells and, and animal blood. And then we have formaldehyde. I mean, we know that formaldehyde isn't something that <laughs> we would want to have our children drink, right? Oh, another big one, too, as far as allergies go is egg. There is egg. And do you know that egg allergies are extremely on the rise? And so that would be another one. Not that eggs are bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you had an egg allergy, that would be extremely scary, you know, to do that. And that may be the cause of why they keep having eczemas because there's something they're allergic to. So I would say um, aborted fetal cells and um, animal blood and, you know, the things that people could be allergic to, which would be really scary. And the formaldehyde, I mean, there's just such a long list (laughs) that I'm like, gosh, I don't even. So of course, so heavy metals. So, you know, obviously things like aluminum, um, you know, things like mercury and they will, and they'll say, oh, they don't put thermosol into it anymore. People with nickel, copper, aluminum, um, mercury allergies. Like I personally, I can't even touch aluminum foil. Um, and so, which you shouldn't anyways, by the way, but it's, It's one of those things that, um, you know, is really scary that that would be that there's these metals in there and that, you know, there's these neurotoxins that we know cause damage. And so that would be another one, of course. And they will try to say, oh, but that we took those out of there a long time ago, but that's just rhetoric. You can actually ask for a vaccine handout, even go to the CDC um, 
website and you're even going to see, you can look at the list yourself. And I actually did put the entire list um, inside of my book as well. And you can see that. And some of it seems, I, I would say this is how I feel about it. And maybe tell me how you feel if you read over that part yet. Doesn't it seem almost like this can't be true? Like this, this can't be what's really in the vaccine. Like they're lo- that's not possible, right? <laughs> mm. And what would you say to people who have the argument that it's such a minute dosage that it doesn't, it's not going to do anything to you? And and why? What do you think the reasoning is behind having all of these toxins in the vaccination? Quite a significant amount, depending on obviously the size of the child. Um, the other thing is that. Um, when you're putting, when you're injecting it and it's going into the nervous system, it's going into the DNA, it's going into, um, much deeper levels. It's a cellular level. It's not like you're just, you know, pouring it on your skin, which still isn't as an organ, but this is going into deep places. And so these cells are attaching to your cells. And so even though it's in such small amounts, we know that even a very small virus, uh, you can't see a virus with your eyes. It's so small, the flu virus, but we all know that that thing can take you down, right? And so if we believe that a very small microscopic flu virus cell could take you down, how much for more needles full of this stuff? injected into the body. Mm -hmm. The flu virus, you might have breathed in, you might have touched something and then ate something. And so it's not even as much as what's being injected into the body. The other part of that is there's no reason that we should be getting 60 something um, vaccines, you know, by the age of five years old. That's just, I think any common sense person would think, oh, wow, that's completely insane. That's just, that's overhaul. That's overkill. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of people as well don't understand that heavy metals, you, our mm-hmm. systems don't process them. They stay in us and there's an accumulation. With every vaccine, your system is just accumulating a level of heavy metals, which are inherited mm-hmm. by by babies. However many mm-hmm. vac- vaccinations I've had and however many heavy metals, and I'm sure you have a list of all the other things that your body doesn't process, it just sits in our system, accumulates, and then I'm passing that on to my unborn baby. So it's no wonder that we're currently seeing an epidemic in health. Mm -hmm. There's a crisis in health, and I'm sure a contribution to that besides the toxic environment, GMO. Oh, egg protein, soy protein. But I mean, even um, ammonium sulfate is in vaccines. Even antibiotics are in vaccines, especially um, very specific ones that are known to sit in the liver and cause dormant viruses. And those dormant viruses are manifested under stress, under transition. And you're going, oh my gosh, why does this keep happening? Well, it's because you have this dormant virus sitting in your liver. Um, you know, like you said, the aluminum, the mercury, the formaldehyde. Um, but even the cells, they even use cells from pigs and horses, and then um, also from monkey kidneys, and then they also use calf serum and chicken embryo cells. <laughs> I mean, how can any human being think that our system is designed to digest and work with that? It's it's going to be noticed as like a foreign 
very odd cell and and material coming to our body so my mm-hmm. question what do you think the reasoning is behind mm-hmm. this conglomeration mm-hmm. of toxins and foreign cells <sighs> when did we start adding these things to vaccines and it's very similar to gmos where you know food milk milk used to always be raw milk right and then we said we got to make this cheaper we got to make this faster you know so we always are looking to do things faster and cheaper even with with corn, for example. Corn in other countries is used to feed the animals. It's animal slop. Here in America, we put it in everything. Look at your bread. Look at your crackers. Look at your chips. Look at anything. Corn, 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 because it's cheap. It's GMO. And they say it's 98% of corn in America is GMO corn. And so it's. I, I see a parallel there where it's how can we do this cheaper, easier. And especially for the pharmaceutical industry, they have no liability. They're going, it doesn't matter what we put in these vaccines. We can put human cells, animal cells, you know, egg, wheat, peanut. Nobody can do anything to us. We own the media. We own medical system. So we can do whatever we want because nobody can touch us. And you go, oh, funny. I just traced that name back and the current head within the medical board or the current head within the CDC is used to be the president of this vaccine company. Huh. That's a little strange, isn't it? So you have these insiders writing policy. You have these insiders and they're doing these third-party testing that are not questioned, that are not checked out. They're basically their own testers. And so they get to, you know, pass things by. That's the other thing about vaccines is vaccines have not been placebo tested. They have not been tested like anything else has. And that's why in Texas, there's a current bill um, that did pass. And I think that this should be the state of America is we're not going to create any other vaccine laws until we know that vaccines are safe. That's it. We're, we're, we're not going to do any further mandates until they're placebo tested, until they're tested in outside parties, so on and so forth. So, you know, there's a corrupt cycle happening within there, whether that's it went from the owner. The other thing is, here's the really corrupt part. And people go, no, this can't be true. The CDC owns a minimum of 30% of vaccines. So the Center for Disease They're the ones that you go to the CDC and and look up the, you know, ingredients and the reactions. And even the CDC website, which is government run, tells you if you have these conditions, you should not receive these certain vaccines. And so the CDC owns, um, they have a patent on multiple vaccines. Oh my gosh. They're just everywhere. Exactly. I mean, they have just covered every base. They are just not stopping until they have world domination. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's, I mean, it's just unbelievable. But as we mentioned before, with people like you and and this like wave of consciousness that I believe Mm -hmm. is hitting the earth right now, lifting Mm -hmm. the veil for a lot of people, I think there's going to be a lot of push against this and a lot of eyes Mm -hmm. to be open to true agendas and Mm -hmm. people starting to ask questions, do their own research and Mm -hmm. look within their own hearts and say, does this resonate? Is this for the health and happiness of my child and myself? Does Is this true? Or am I just blindly believing what people want me to? So there's hope. Chrissy, you mentioned that 16 years ago, you had a 
um, an awakening really that the before that point you had been also living this path personally where you just believe what's been said and follow the food pyramid or eat you know GMO or whatever it may be without even second guessing it and you mentioned that your son had a vaccine injury and that was one of the moments that awakened you to the fact that there must be Mm -hmm. something else here that you can do you can strengthen in order to make better choices for your own life are there any other prominent moments this is why bills like sb277 and sb276 where it's a personal attack on religion on allergies on uh, immunity you know all of those things we cannot make blanket bills like this when everybody is so unique and individual and that's again where that just does not make any sense to say okay, we're going to just, everybody has to get vaccinated no matter what is going on in their bodies or their health or their history or their reactions um, because that's just not how health works. And even for people with peanut allergies, celiac, to to force them to put something in their body they're allergic to, I just don't know how, I just want to know where's the outrage? Where, how are we as Americans going, oh yeah, that's fine. But why is it in schools we make a peanut allergy table and a wheat allergy table, but yet we say it's okay to inject it. That is where there is hypocrisy and confusion. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's so important that again, if it's working for you, you know, maybe you don't have a gene mutation, maybe you don't have autoimmune, maybe you don't have a peanut allergy, you're saying none of that applies to me. And you know what, that is fine. But we still should respect other people's individual health. We still can respect. I have lots of friends that are nurses, anesthesiologists, doctors, friends. They are very pro-vaccine. We are friends. That is okay. Their story is different than mine, but they still do support that people should get to choose. People should get to have individual health care based on their family and their story. And this is where I think the divide is completely twisted because you have pro-vaxxers, which is fine. Anti-vaxxers, fine. I really don't like the labels. But you can be pro-vaccine. You could be non-vaccine, whatever it is. But you can still say, but I believe in humanity. I believe in people choosing. I believe in sovereignty. And so I would like to call upon awakened Uh, pro-medical, pro-conventional people to say, hey, you get to choose that and we respect your choice. Now, we are asking for you to fight for our choice as well. And you don't have to agree, but I need, I I fight for your choice. Can you fight for my choice? Like this is, this is crucial. It isn't about you or me or this or that. And so that's the beautiful thing, I think, about the friends that I have that are standing and saying, I choose this path. I choose to eat this way, to use these medications, but I still respect that that isn't going to work for you. And you have a whole different health history than me. But instead, there's this rage, there's this uh, division. I, I have been victim of it, um, where people accuse and they they send hate mail and they troll your page. And they, though I'm not speaking against them, there's just so much fear and so much division. And so I think we could really see a shift if people would get on the same page and realize this isn't just about vaccines. This isn't just about food, but this is really about sovereignty and and for us to choose and for us to protect our health and truly beyond that to protect our freedoms. 
So I can't, I just couldn't move forward without calling upon those that think differently or have a different experience um, than us mm, to totally at least agree. stand. Don't, you that don't is, have to stand yeah. for exactly what we're standing for, but humans should be standing for freedom. Humans should be standing for that together regardless. And so that's what's important. But yes, I, I did have that um, very the traumatic experience. Yep. Um, you know, almost 17 years ago now. And there was definitely little things along the way. But I would say I was very much a product of the American system. You know, I grew up eating fast food, I grew up, you know, wasn't breastfed, got vaccinated, you know, just like all the things. And, um, you know, I did use a doula for my first birth, I've always been leaned, inclined towards as natural as possible with things, even when I was uh, 20 years old, I went to one of these like Melaleuca parties where they talked about like all the toxins in your home and all these things cause cancer. Again, this is uh, 17 years ago. And so I was like, oh my gosh, of course I'm on board with this. Like who, who in their right mind would have cancer chemicals in their house? It just, why would we do that? And so I changed everything right away. So that was like, it's like all these little baby steps along the way. But yes, my son's um, injury was definitely one of the most awakening things for me. My other son, I mean, he was covered in eczema, head to toe. Um, he also had different reactions. Um, he had a, um, a metal allergy and had a metal reaction to some dental work that he had done at the age of five. Um, so that was a whole nother thing. So just all the things along the way, I might have done, you know, these certain foods organic, these not again, this is 14 to 17 years ago, but it was just little things along the way because as you become more aware of one thing, it opens up the door to the next thing. It's the deodorant, it's the cleaner, you know, it's the air freshener, it's the perfume, it's the lipstick, it's, you know, and it just keeps going on and on and on and on because all of these things are affecting our environment, our health, our consciousness, our sleep, you know, all of those types of things. So I have, of course, lots of stories around that with health, hospital visits, antibiotics, traditional healthcare, non-traditional healthcare. It's one of the main reasons that I own alternative health store is that when I was going through that, I didn't always have a go-to mom and pop shop to say, oh my gosh, you know, this is what we're experiencing. What do I need? Help me explain this to me. And so I wanted to give what I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And that is why I suggest every single person listening to this interview should go out and buy Chrissy's book, Healing Through Wisdom by Chrissy Helmer. You cover everything that you're talking about, that personal journey of peeling back the layers in detail in this book. And it is so profound and so beautiful. And I'm also very much into the holistic health mm. and wellness scene, as you know. And there are some things you even mentioned, which in this book, where I, I found myself saying, oh my gosh, you're right. That was a blind spot. That's also another thing that I need to look at and awaken to. And all these tiny little bits, as you said, are contributing to greater happiness, greater health, lifting the veil and being more empowered and more of a sovereign yes. being in this world. So the way you're talking now and in the book, there's no difference. Mm -hmm. you're, you're joking and having fun, but you're passionate and insightful mm -hmm. and detailed. And 
I love that it sounds, it's an invitation into the dialogue in your head, in, into your true transparency, which is so valuable. You're, inside your book, you talk a lot about the Western medical system versus functional medicine or, or the holistic medical system. Do you think that there is a shift around the need, the awakening for new systems to support our health and happiness? Do you think that there is hope that we are breaking down old paradigms and way with ways in which we're kept sick and we're kept kind of dumbed down and kept feeding certain people's products. I would say that I have seen more of an awakening, more of an excitement, more of a intrigue by people the last two plus years than ever. There was a lot of skepticism, I would say, eight years ago when we opened. Mind you, there wasn't Instagram eight years ago. There wasn't, you know, Pinterest eight years ago. We were doing things in a different time and people were very skeptical. And I would say people can still be skeptical, but not as much as what we used to see. I mean, I had to fight so much to pioneer uh, holistic options and, you know, that whole thing. And we're still fighting for it and it's still not for everybody, but I have seen a shift. And I will tell you the couple reasons why we see this shift. And I will even tell the facts of how we know there's a shift because number one, we have more documentaries on Netflix that could awaken your whole life if you allowed it to do so. Um, even Peter, he was in the documentary Heal, one of my favorites. And so, you, you know, there's so much of that accessible. So I think people are truly educating themselves between Pinterest and Netflix and podcast. And so um, that is such a beautiful thing. So people are just learning on their own and they're starting to take it back into their own hands, especially once you find out that there's been a personal agenda against your well-being. There's an agenda against your utmost life. It, it becomes personal. Like, no, 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 I am not going to be a statistic. Me and my children are not going to be a one in 36 have autism. Me and my family are not going to be a one in five have cancer. This is personal. And so I'm going to do anything I can to stay out of that stream that is an agenda that is not for my highest good. And so I got to go swim in a different stream where everything is taking me and pointing me to my highest self. And that includes my health, my sleep, my mindset, my spirit, my heart, my soul, every part of me. Because guess what? We need to have energy. We need to have mental clarity so that you can be involved, so that you can know what's going on with your teenagers. You can be intuitive so that you can be opened up to get night dreams um, and hear things that, you know, for me only come from God. I can't be in a cloud or I cannot be effective. I cannot be as powerful as I was created to be if I am swimming in a stream that is against me. And so we see people learning that the other side of it is many, many people are sick. They're having reactions. They're having addictions. They're sick and tired of being sick and tired every day of the week. Someone comes into my store and says, help me get off narcotics. Help me not have to do another round of antibiotics. Help me deal with this eczema. Help me deal with this anxiety. I'm suicidal. I have this going on. Every single day, people are saying, I'm done. 
and this isn't working for me. I'm on my seventh doctor. I'm on my eighth round of antibiotics. I'm on my second hospital stay. I am done. Please help me. There has to be another way. And so that's happening a lot as people are just seeing it's not working. It isn't working. It's only creating another issue for another issue. Now, Sutter Health I absolutely love. They have a whole integrative medicine department through Sutter. This is huge. This is tells us that there is a demand. Currently, the wait list to be seen in the integrative health department is four months long. You have four months long. <laughs> so, um, which is, so that tells us there's a demand. They have had to hire, I just went to Chris, Dr. Chris Kesser's um, convention. They have to get another building in Sacramento and San Francisco because they can't even contain the amount of people that want integrative medicine. The old systems are crumbling and there is no other option but to look for alternatives that actually work. And with that, I think will come such an awakening to people's intuition, the simple concept that food is connected to health, <laughs> you know, all of those do your own research it, as what happened to you 17 years ago. It, it will that one little thing like your son having a reaction to vaccinations will allow you to research into that. And then next thing comes the food mm -hmm. and then next thing comes, you know, the corporations. And it's it's like the the um, string that pulled the whole sweater out, the thread that pulled the sweater. And I think it's happening right now. And mm -hmm. it's it's so brilliant. And I have so much hope for it. And I, I want to ask you mm -hmm. how people who are on the same page and who are feel, feeling called to get into action and to execute this rev lifting the veil mm -hmm. process, how can people who are specifically interested in fighting against this bill make a difference? Because mm -hmm. as you said, it's not just about research, it's about executing and practicing in the minute, in the hour, in the daily this new program. Yeah. We are not victims. We are not victims of the environment. We are not victims of Senator Pan. We are not victims of bills. We are not victims. So the first thing I need everybody to do is to stop being a victim. I need you to be a co-creator. So it, do not take any other action until you have aligned yourself <laughs> and not be a victim. If you are operating yes. in fear, any thought that is lack fear, less than, jealous, brilliant, intimidated, brilliant. the Go list on, goes on. on, victim and ego. So stop it. We need you to be your highest self to fight this at the highest level. Do not take any other action until you align and heal and come together within yourself and say, I am not a victim of the system. I am not a victim of a bill. I am not a victim of Monsanto or these other things. I am a co-creator and I am a fighter and I have a role to play in this time in history. So that is first and foremost. So <laughs> that is the first number one. Number two, um, you can become a member of the Children's Health Defense and it's like $10 mm, so to good. sign up or something to fight 
we're fighting Monsanto. There's lawsuits right now um, against, you know, all of this glyphosate, which there is glyphosate in vaccines, by the way. So if we can win lawsuits over glyphosate on school grounds, then yeah, just put that together. So um, join for $10. You're going to get almost a daily action email about what do we do? Who do we call? What meetings to show up at? Where's local people you can gather with? So I would say that's a great action step um, is to get involved and then also locally, you know, find your chapters of people that are fighting different bills that are lobbying. I mean, there's so many just different ones you can get involved in. Um, For sure, there's, you know, Moms Across America, that is a fantastic one. I mean, there's so many, but if you start with um, the Children's Health Defense, um, they'll kind of point you in that direction. So I would say get involved, get connected, get organized, um, make sure your sources are right. And then also, you know, educate yourself, you know, get if you get connected. So the High Wire is a YouTube show with Del Bigtree. I love Del. Um, he is the, the go to and he knows it and he's traveling all over. I just got to hear him speak in Sacramento. Um, so the High Wire is um, a show. He, he broadcasts it on Facebook. He puts it on YouTube. He knows far more than I do. This man is amazing. Um, so he would be a great person um, to connect with, try to go to his events, um, get connected with everything that he's doing. He's doing a lot of fundraisers. So he would be another person. Um, watch, he, he is part of the Vaxxed team and that documentary. There's Vaxxed 1 and Vaxxed 2. And that will point you in a great direction. And no matter what you choose or where you stand, it's still good to get the information and to have choices. And so I would also say um, to watch that. But even powerful if you can make three phone calls and three emails a day to currently fight this bill, your senator, your representative, go have a meeting with them at their office. Um, we have materials that we can get to you on, on the language that you need to use. We are not going to these senators or these people and saying, you know, vaccines are poison. If this isn't a vaccine thing, this is a sovereignty thing. Right now we're fighting this bill saying we cannot inject things that children are allergic to and that could kill them and could cause seizures. Please help us stand for doctors and medical freedom. Doctors know, doctors have the history of our families and our children, and we want that protected. So that's the language that needs to be used. And, um, you know, so find out who your local um, people are, meet with your mayors, your city council people, your school districts. Um, but if you could just send three emails and three phone calls a day to the Capitol, even Newsom, um, we, we've got to call Newsom every day, email him every day and asking him if this gets to his desk that he would veto it. So that's just a couple things. <laughs> Yeah, just a few things. You You are such a legend. I just, I want to marry you. I can't get over it. It's like, I feel safe when I'm with you. I'm like, there is hope. There is a plan. We have a way to go into action and it's all going to be okay if I'm next to Chrissy. Uh, Brilliant. And for anyone listening who is really lit up as much as I am, we're going to put all of those resources in the show notes to make it Mm -hmm. easy for you to connect with and start executing. Oh my gosh. I mean, we could keep going, but we're already over time. So we're going to have to wrap up Chrissy. I just, I can't thank you enough. This has been so profoundly informative and inspiring. And thank you for doing the work that you're doing in the world. There is hope and Mm -hmm. you are just such a shining bright light. And 
I know that I'm personally taking on as many action steps as I can as part of my daily routine and just slipping in them in there because every single voice counts in this moment of transition. And I really feel like as a global community, we're moving towards a tipping point. For those that have chosen to listen that may be on the total opposite spectrum or they may think this is a bunch of sorcery and conspiracy, um, I still just extend love and gratitude and honor to your journey. So thank you to everyone that has listened with their hearts and listened with their highest consciousness. They can find me on the gram, just my name, Chrissy Helmer, gram, Twitter, um, Facebook. I have my podcast on iTunes pretty easily um, to to find me. And I would just love um, to connect with your listeners. Oh my gosh, do yourself a favor and follow this girl and get up and in everything she is up to. (laughs) Beautiful. And to wrap up each segment, Chrissy, we always like to offer our audience an invitation as stretching our hand out to invite them into practicing some of the things that we've been discussing today. So Chrissy, I would like you to take the rein on the invitation for today. Join us out in this stream and to join us to go up a river where we are protected and where we are educated and where we are enlightened and where we are moving toward not only our best self, but our best schools, our best cities, our best media, our best country, and so forth, because it always needs to be bigger than us. And so, you know, fighting for the future generation, our children's children. So I invite you to jump in, even if it's just with your very pinky toe, that would be okay. Even if you just want to come and sit alongside and, and, and watch, that's okay too. But I would say first and foremost is to not fear and to, again, not step into any ego, not step into any of that that fear mentality because we're not effective when we're fearful. And so really guard what you're watching, what you're listening to, who you're following. What is the narrative that you are allowing into your heart? Is it divisive? You know, we don't need to be following things that are divisive, um, that are fearful, that are controlling. And so I would say the first thing is that we can control us and we can control what we consume. So maybe you just need to change the channel in the spiritual realm and you need to change the channel literally on the television, the radio, the social media. I think that those are going to be the very first two powerful steps. Research, action, all towards upgrading your program that's running your life. That was beautiful. Thank you, Chrissy. And to everyone who has been with us today on this episode, we are so grateful for you being in this conversation with us. If you got something out of this episode, please share it. If you think it is going to help others, please share it, leave a review. We are a community and in times like this, there is no greater force than community to push against the systems that challenge our human rights. Help this podcast reach others who may also need some hope by leaving a review and subscribing to us on iTunes if you have not already. And that is it for today. Thank you for joining us and thank you, Chrissy. And we will have you all with us next week. Thanks again, Chrissy. Bye.